brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Pedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! All right, baseball season is officially over with the Texas Rangers winning the World Series. Boach gets number four. Happy for him. Uh, Diamondbacks put up a good fight for what three games, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they had the uh, they had the no hitter in 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 the game, or maybe that was game four. But you know, you ha- you have a no hitter at home. that was in the final game. They had a no oh, hitter it? going into the sixth inning. Okay, yeah. that was game I mean, five. That was yeah, game and five. then they got yeah. It's just you know hard luck. You're facing a team filled with you know 300 million dollar hitters <laughs> and they didn't get to be 300 million dollar hitters because they're punching judies i mean these guys are gonna hit bombs Semyon hit a bomb uh uh seager hit multiple bombs and so yeah i mean you, you can't hold them back for too long and we're like we talked about on last show like how how do you stop texas how does arizona come back and it was pretty much going to be you got to keep Texas in the yard is what I was saying. And you didn't, they just didn't, I mean, they did for six innings in the final game. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah. Uh, Shelvin who's, who's watched this show and, and commented, but he's mostly hang, hangs out with Rod and I in the 49ers show. He was at that game. He was, he was sending, nice. he was sending uh, comments into the discord during the game. And I think he knew, I think most Diamondback, uh, Diamondbacks fans knew that they were going to be the underdog, but the great thing about being the underdog is is really the expectation. Because if you win, fantastic, great, it's the best thing ever. And if you lose, you kind of were supposed to lose. So uh, from that perspective, if I'm a Diamondbacks fan, I'm probably pretty really happy about that season. Even though I don't know, 84 wins. But what what was the Giants' lowest win total when they made it in the World Series? 88? Was that the 2014? Uh, yeah, I believe it was 88 in 2014. It was a wild card team going in against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. I got to look at the standings from 2014. But yeah, I believe so. Because their best team, what, what, 94 wins, I think it was 2012. Was that a 94-win team? When is... Uh... Three... What was Houston when Houston won the World Series last year? Were they the the, the division winner? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Because that was another double wild card World Series, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, that was the the first year of the double wild card. Yeah, they won the division. Uh, what? Yeah, I look up. 2022 MLB standings on Google, right? <laughs> and I get Major League Baseball. 2024 season <laughs> and they're showing me the standings from 2023 so google can't make up its mind uh 2023 yeah houston won 106 games that was the the monster season dodgers won 111 um but houston was at the second most wins with 106 last year i keep yeah, but- saying last year now do and I was listening to a baseball podcast earlier, and they said last season they were referencing 2022. Yeah. When yeah. can we say last season was 2023? Do we have yeah, to wait until spring training? Maybe January. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
Did you get any feelings for Boach when you saw him pacing the dugout and in that hobbling walk that he has? And <laughs> he's the last guy out of the dugout. And yeah, you know, he's got his he's got his trophy next to him. Like it was it was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah, it was awesome. And I didn't, you know, I'm not one of those fans. You'd stay off of social media. It sucks. It's so because bad. It's it's so rough. You know, because I'm not one of those ones who's like, well, you know, Bochi would have stayed. We won a won another World Series. Have you seen our roster? Has anybody seen our roster the last couple of seasons? You're not winning a World Series with any of those rosters. It was a miracle to win 107 games in 2021. That you know, the the right strings were pulled. Uh, players had uh, older players had awesome comeback seasons. It's not, you know, I don't know, man. I'm not one of those ones who's going to look at it and say revisionist history that, you know, Bochi would have taken the Giants to the World Series. The guy was tired. He was done. But I I loved seeing him, you know, do his thing this year with Texas. He came out, he came back in the right situation, right? I mean, he came back in a situation that worked for him. Him and Chris Young, great friends. Um you know, Bochi managed Chris Young back in the days. And, and you know, speaking of Chris Young, the, the GM for the Texas Rangers. And he came back to a situation where he had a pretty decent pitching staff. Uh, he knew the Rangers were going to go and make moves to go all in and push for this because they've, they've technically already gone all in a couple seasons ago with the contracts that they gave mm-hmm. The contracts that they gave Semyon, um, all the money that they were doling out, they're kind of already all in and they were looking for the right manager. This was the perfect situation. This was not a, oh, we could have plugged Bochi into the Chicago White Sox roster this year and and he would have won the World Series. No, it, it, it was the roster. It was Bochi. It was the mystique in, in, in the playoffs. Um, everything that Bochi does. I mean, look at the Texas Rangers had a losing record on the road this season and they go 11 and 0 in the playoffs on the road. So, I mean, you know, things happen in the playoffs that you can't predict having Bochi there to pull the right strings at the right time really, really helped his ball club along the way. So, uh, but it was fun to see him hoist that trophy. It was fun to see the pictures of him on the airplane with it sitting next to him. Um, You know, he's still going in the hall of fame in a giant's hat. I don't care what you say. I'm trying to envision Bochi managing the 2021 giants where it's okay uh lamont you're uh, you're not starting this game but in the seventh <laughs> inning yeah. they're gonna bring in a right-handed pitcher and you're gonna be ready and you're gonna like both would just be like who are my best nine like what, what are yeah. you doing here yeah i need yeah i i'm gonna start uh you know buster posey and buster posey's gonna play all nine every game all season long uh, we're going to wear him down, but he's Buster Posey. So he's going to be out there. Uh, yeah, I don't, there's not a whole lot of platooning going on. Um, Bochi was the guy who, uh, I mean, we all remember as Giants fans, if you got a, a spot start and you hit a home run, you just won yourself another start the next day. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter left-hander, right-hander, how you were, you know, against this pitcher in the past, you were going out there and you were going to, Play the next game because you had a home run the day yeah. before. You yeah. you earned it and and you earned that right. And Bochi would give it to you. So, yeah, that, this is not to say that you know he's only going by hunches or anything or his no, gut. No, no, I mean, no. He th- th- there's a lot of information for him as well. But oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I I like the uh, I just like the thought of you know Zadie having this playbook for Boch and you know oh by the way uh, you know get uh, get Schmidt ready. It's gonna be a lefty coming up but oh but you know jd davis you know or or, or whomever that you know they got two hits so it doesn't matter they're coming yeah. out we gotta get the matchup going does he do the major league thing and, and lou brown takes the uh takes the playbook or whatever it is throws it on the ground and pisses on it exactly 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 all right let's go to the drink thing first yeah yeah because i have is this gonna go fast is that what you're saying yeah well that's part of it definitely (laughs) but i also have a very interesting whiskey that i purchased the other day i mentioned to you that i went into trader joe not trader joe's whole foods yes and i just kind of peeked at their their uh, alcohol and I was very surprised to see stuff that I would normally not see, except if you went to like a BevMo where they have everything and you really have to like sit there for 30 minutes before you can decide. 
Yeah. This is called Fuyu, F-U-Y-U. It is a Japanese small batch whiskey. And I also just always love the Japanese spelling of whiskey versus other spellings of whiskey, one with an yeah. E, one not an E. So Fuyu means winter in Japanese. This whiskey was distilled from malted grain and mashed corn on Honshu Island before Ooh. resting in oak barrels. Its rich flavors make it ideal for cocktails such as Old Fashioned and Manhattan. Spicy notes, caramel, uh, ge generous oak for the palate, and cooked fruit finish with a hint of smokiness. That is how they'd describe this whiskey. But I Sounds figured good. we're getting close to, you know, we're not we're not super close to winter yet, but the daylight savings happened uh and and so now it's five o'clock here five thirty here and it's yeah. already dark and, and i was like oh you know gotta bring out the 47 degrees here so we'll call it winter you can call it winter <laughs> <laughs> i did do i did walk outside today and had a really good uh, walk and it was like 68 degrees so it was like oh perfect. god we, like, we've had nothing but perfect. wind and rain and half snow and i don't know what else is going on out there i yeah it was not a not a fun drive to and from work and i walked to get coffee this morning and you know it's getting pelted in the face <laughs> half snow and I thought, you know, it's Reno, whatever. I got to get my coffee. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it's, I feel spoiled in that over the weekend, I was like, is it too sunny to go on a walk outside? Should I wait? It's 72 degrees. Should I wait until it's like five o'clock and it gets down to 68? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't be, just get out and walk. Anything below 80, perfect walking weather, man. Yeah. Okay. What about you? All right. Well, do you like it? I mean, is it good? Is is this something I should go and pick up? Because I've been wanting to try Japanese whiskeys, and I, I would know, be, so I would a be starting point. I would be interested in your thought on it. I have okay. had, uh, there's a couple of different Japanese whiskeys that I've tried in the thirty-ish dollar per bottle range. This was a little bit more expensive. This was in the fifty-ish dollar. So the uh. The way that it goes down, the smoothness is definitely uh, much more impressive than the the cheaper ones. But you know, taste wise, they're very similar. Uh, but you know, I'm a sucker for just different. I'm a sucker for yeah. the possibility of oh, this may taste a little bit different or new or something that I have. You know, I'm still so new into the scotches and 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 such uh, and the whiskeys. So uh, anything that sort of, you know, if they wanted to really sell me something, they just have to put like a brand new label on it and, you know, <laughs> make it, make it look colorful. And I'm like, that's the one that I want. Yeah. That's pretty much me and IPAs. If you put hazy or juicy on the can, I don't really, <laughs> I'm going to buy it. And I'm gonna I've had some really bad ones, but I, I'll, still, <laughs> I'll still try it. New season, new beginnings, right? We're heading into a, a, a Spring train, or I'm sorry, free agency. Let's free not agency. get ahead of ourselves here. We Winter meetings. Get, yeah, we got to get through Christmas first. We got to get through. Uh, remember the old days when when uh, the GMs would 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 get the families over for Thanksgiving to try to woo them, like <laughs> Schilling. Uh, we need that again, man. We did, you know, no Zoom, no Teams, none of this stuff, no FaceTime. You get them over for a turkey dinner. And you get some good cooking going, and you could woo some. I don't think I'd want Kurt Schilling over for Thanksgiving. No, not anymore. He, he would probably come dressed as a pilgrim. <laughs> he he would, and he would be wearing a red hat. That's just <laughs> what he does. A so, pilgrim with a MAGA hat. That's how he comes dressed. Old Kurt Schilling, God, <laughs> and a bloody sock. He'd bring the bloody sock too and say, "Remember what I did?" No, yeah, exactly. Nobody cares. Uh, new beginnings. New season. I busted out the Lagavulin, the oh. eight year, uh, smoky peaty. Uh, one of my favorites. My dad bought this for me for Christmas, not this last Christmas, but the Christmas before. You Look at how much I have lot. left. Yeah. I still have, I savor my scotches. It takes me a really long time. I ran out of mine. So. Oh, you ran out? Yeah, I did run out. And Well, uh, that's good because you didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll get. I'll get more at some point, but yeah. now that is the one, like, you know, the, we don't talk like this anymore because we're a little bit more civilized, but you know, when, when <laughs> we were a much more juvenile society and culture, you would, somebody would say, Hey, have a sip out of have a sip of this. It'll put hair on your chest. Yeah. There you, know, you go. Say something yeah, like yeah. that, that 
may physically put hair on your chest <laughs> that is yeah you feel that when you drink it which i love you do it's a and it's a good sipper i put one little ice cube in it like i like to do kind of opens it up a little bit um and i think i had a couple sips and i think my beard grew a little bit more <laughs> it's quite possible i gotta trim it it's getting to uh, getting a little long but uh yeah so this is a good it's so cold outside today and we keep looking so so denise and i are going for our belated um uh uh anniversary yes yeah, I, saw, I saw the instagram photo yeah we, was we, great we like to try to go in november first couple of weeks in november because our anniversary is late october um and so we're going up to uh south tahoe up to um kind of uh top of heavenly resort and stuff like that so we're going this weekend um so i thought i'm bringing some scotches and bourbons with me uh, and, and just going to kind of hang out. Cause up there, I keep looking at the daytime highs. We're like, Hey, we're going to go hiking. We have two full days. It's, it's yeah. going to be beautiful. Sun will be out. Sun will be out, but the highs are like 40, uh, 41. So you don't get those until like 2 PM, 3 PM. So yeah. ah, we're still trying to figure that one so, out. But okay. So you have your, you have your scotch, you have your whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you have your bourbon. Does she have red wine? What, like what is she bringing with her? Yes, yeah, so our our wonderful my wonderful brother in law, her brother, and um and 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 his wife they uh, belong to Wenty Winery. Mm. I think in Livermore. I think it's in Livermore. I, I've never so, been there before. Yeah, so every year they they belong to them, and so they they every year they gift us a really just outstanding bottle of red, whatever mm-hmm. it is. A lot of times it's a it's a blend of some sort. Um, so we had two, we had one from last year that we hadn't opened yet. And then we have one that they just gave us. So we'll bring that and also kind of sip on that. And, and again, not being a wine guy, I don't really know the differences, but I can absolutely tell you anytime I have a sip of whatever they give us, it's like, Oh, so this, this is wine. This is like the good stuff. This is not the two buck Chuck from Trader Joe's. It's uh, not two bucks anymore. I think it's like four bucks now because of inflation. But but you drink that stuff and you go, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it's it's red wine. I like it. But you drink the Wenty Special Reserves Small Barrel Reds. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's I could become a wine drinker. But then the yeah. problem is, it's like then I'd have to spend fifty bucks on a bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> uh, one update. I, I finished the knee injections that I had. Oh, yeah. I don't remember if I brought it up on this podcast or not, but I had some knee injections to battle uh, arthritis. And, you know, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable with injections and, and such and getting blood oh, yeah. drawn. But to see a needle go into your knee, that is an interesting one. Yeah. That's the one where you go. They're not small either. Well, it's actually not, it's not, it, I mean, it's a long needle, but it's not, like, yeah. you know, it's pretty thin, but just the idea of like, you know, we're very comfortable with needles going into, you know, your forearm to get that vein, to draw some blood, maybe in the shoulder for your flu shot or your COVID shot. Uh, I don't know, steroid users, maybe in, in the rear end, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but not in the knee. That was the, that, that one tripped me out, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done. I'm done with them. So hopefully I'll have some relief in the, in these knees. And are you, you know, feeling better yet? Are you feeling more mobile? So I am feeling more mobile for sure. Good. The pain hasn't really subsided though. Like the way that okay. I described it is I don't have old injured knees i Mm. have newer injured knees so i like they are i'm a little more spry i can walk down the stairs without having to do the the two-step shuffle sideways (laughs) down the stairs so i'm i'm feeling but then you would think oh well maybe that maybe they won't be as painful it's like no they're still pretty painful i've just had to deal with the pain for the last 20 years so i'm used to it but yeah uh, but you know, Hey, I'll take having more energy and being able to walk a little qu- more quickly on my, on my walks and not feel like, you know, I have to just do the bochi walk down the stairs. Oh you know? God. No, yeah. you're too young for the bochi walk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping these things work for you. Cause that's one of the things as you get older is walking. That's, <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the few things we can do as we get older and older and older is just to continue to be mobile and yeah. to 
walk. So when, when your health is taken away from you in that way, it just, it gets extremely frustrating. I was talking to a woman at work today who's probably, I don't know, 15 years older than me, maybe 10 years older than me. And she's teaching a body combat class. And she's like, I'm going to have you come over to the gym when I film it so I can get my accreditation. I go, do you think there's any way, shape or form I can keep up with you? teaching this body combat class. I said, cause you're in fantastic shape. I said, I got a bad hip mm-hmm. I said, my upper shoulder hurts quite often. I said, so I can try to do this with you. I said, but maybe don't put me on camera. I'll just be in the crowd kind of in the background. So yeah, that's always frustrating. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it, it is what it is, but the doc said, you know, the one thing you may not want to do with uh, g- these gel injections in your knees, you probably don't want to run. I was like, Boom. That's not hard for me not to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that a while ago. <laughs> I'm not out there, you know, trying to run, you know, run marathons. I'm good. Oh, yeah. I'm good with a fast-paced walk. <laughs> Though, you know, I do miss playing basketball. I, I may go out there with the boys and, you know, my – my, uh, do I get back on defense? Uh, I might be a little bit like 1989 Kareem where they, he barely passed half court unless the, the ball was stopped and, and he had to go past. That might be me on the basketball court. But we'll, see. well, maybe you could play uh, five and a half on five. You just, <laughs> you just hang out in the offensive side and cherry pick and then they can kind of just hang out. You have a defensive player that does your job over there. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's talk some Giants. So one little cool tidbit is Logan Webb is a finalist for the Cy Young, the National League Cy Young. And when you and I were kids, they didn't have finalists. They didn't have these like award shows. They just just gave you the new a day and they just told (laughs) you who won. And then maybe you'd see a ballot as we got closer to the Internet age. You were able to see all the votes and, and everything. But uh, I guess uh, November 8, uh, November 16th is when the awards will be given out. And this is they do it on an actual show on the MLB Network now, right? Yeah, they do. Uh, and I don't know if they do them all at the same time. It used to be a daily thing, right? Yeah, they would do them. Yeah. Um, they would do them like every day of the week and it would start yeah. with like, Rookie of the year, but rookie of the year or uh, rookie of the year. No, rookie. They're not not up. The gold gloves actually are up. It'd be like rookie of the year, manager of the year. Then you'd get to Cy Young and MVP like the next day. But actually, I think it's kind of cool to do it this way. Uh, you, yeah. you, it's a you know, it's it, it makes it uh, a little bit of an event, I guess. But the guys that uh, our, our guy Logie is competing against for this award Blake Snell and Zach Gallen. Now it sounds like Blake Snell is the front runner. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to be one of the guys getting paid on uh, this free agency. And I thought, you know what? I'd rather have Logan Webb. Blake Blake Snell is maybe the best five and dive guy in the history of baseball. <laughs> That's how I would explain him. But Logan Webb is going to go deep into games. I, I don't know if he led the league in innings but he uh he was he up there in innings yeah i, I believe think, he did year. so great to see he's not gonna win he'll be, he probably will finish in third i would imagine gallon would would finish ahead of him but uh really cool to see you know if if you looked at it from like a wins and losses and uh era standpoint like his numbers aren't fantastic but if you look deeper and what 
in the opportunities he gave the Giants. Uh, and just just the stability. Like, imagine, imagine like Logan Webb comes into camp and they're like, hey, guy, uh, you and Alex Cobb are going to be our starters. He's like, great. Who's three, four, and five? We'll let you know. <laughs> there may not be a three, four, and five. We'll see. And so that's a little bit more of pre- a pressure. Like if you don't have a, a great staff, like we can look back. You remember uh, Mulder and Hudson and Zito? Like, oh god, those guys were competitive. So you know the back end of that rotation, it's like, eh, if they're not great, who cares? We got Mulder and Hudson and Zito coming up. Like we'll take yeah. care of business. Same with you know Linscom and, and and Kane. So when you're Webb and you're like. You're the guy. You're the one. We have we have a true ace of the staff. He may be the only starter on staff, but he's the ace. And and it's like literally like every time Logan Webb took the mound, the pressure was on him to get through innings because of the way the Giants use their bullpen. Like you, they use their bullpen with the idea that Logan Webb's throwing six and a half, seven innings. Oh yeah, uh, you left out Smith, uh, Swift, Burkett, Mulholland, and Torres. <laughs> you forgot about what about that Dave Burba? <laughs> Dave, I mean, Dave Burba. No, he was he was a couple years earlier. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's a tough one. I was just looking at an innings pitch. Blake Blake, Blake Snell had 180 this season. Uh, Logan Webb had 216. Um, uh, we'll, we'll call we'll call Blake Snell six and dive because looking at from oh gosh like June on he pitched and and almost exactly it's it's kind of crazy I I don't know what Bob Melvin was doing here but we'll have to figure it out at no point only two of uh, Blake Snell's starts this season and let me see how many starts he had 32 starts only two of them did he pitch and have a fraction of an inning Mm. all the other 30 starts he had either exactly five four six or seven innings pitched so he never pitched more than seven innings in one game never did that's amazing more than seven innings um he his first start of the season four and a third (laughs) <laughs> Second start of the season, three and two thirds. After that, it was either an even five, six, four, seven, and that was it. But from like from like June on, the majority of his starts went exactly six innings. Mm. So we'll call him six and dive. Six and dive. Yeah. When you look at Logan Webb, on the other hand, and again, I'm just comparing these two because I I, I kind of feel like Snell is going to win it. Yeah. And 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 you do too. And and Gallon's going to be hanging in there. I kind of think Logan Webb could actually come in second. I think he's going to finish second. I, I think it's possible. And and I think it's because he's a throwback guy. Um, he does pitch a lot of innings, and I think the voters are going to kind of take that into consideration because when you look at Logan Webb starts from June on, and I, I kind of use from June on because April May. They're kind of getting their footing underneath them. Um, mm-hmm. They're not going as deep as they, as they probably should. Although Logan Webb's first start was exactly six innings, and he hit seven innings by his fifth start. So he's already yeah. kind of warmed up and ready to go. But from June on, Logan Webb went seven or more innings almost every time out. Pro- I'd say probably about 65 to 70% of his times out. Uh, in July, he went had one game where he had the complete game, nine innings. Then he went seven, seven and a third. Uh, in August, he had an eight and two thirds. Uh, and, and looking at September, he went eight innings. Last start of the season, he had that complete game, nine inning, uh, nine innings pitch and finished with a 3.25 ERA. I saw a lot of, and again, social media. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of just trashing Logan Webb and saying he shouldn't even be on that list and, and where's Zach Wheeler and everything else. But it, you put all those numbers together and, and Logan Webb could easily finish in second place in the voting. He probably won't, but but I, I could see how he could. You know, there's a pretty incredible stat there for, for Gallon. I think there were like four games in a row or maybe it was either four or five starts in a row early in the season too where he went a number of innings, gave up zero runs, and they turned into shutout, team shutouts. Hmm. It, was like, it was like four or five in, in a row. 
Um, and then he had one other before he actually threw a full shutout. He threw a nine inning shutout. So I think in like seven starts of his 30 some odd starts, there were uh, seven of those were shutouts. So that's hey, pretty, that's a pretty crazy number there. That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah. Um, and, and you look at Webb, he had one complete shutout game uh, and then another game where he went six and gave up none. Uh, so Gallon, you know, that shows that, you know, in, in certain instances, you know, Gallon may be a little bit more dominant than, than Webb would have been, though Webb probably a little bit more consistent. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm sure if you compared well, we know the teams were comparable until the end of the season. So there, there were pretty, pretty clear, uh, pretty clear competition of both those teams about the same until the Diamondbacks pulled away late in the season. Though I think we would say the Diamondbacks were more talented. Oh, yeah. They have way more young talent too, which is kind of important as we go on. Yeah. And we're, and of course we're jealous of that and we want to see our guys do that, but you know, it's, it's in free agencies coming up. So we may not see, um, you know, we may not see as many of our young guys as we did last year, depending on how, how free agency comes around. So yeah, Davis who's checking in with us says that you bringing up the stats is why he enjoys the finalist part of the award, seeing how they measure up against each other. Yeah. And, and here's the funny thing. Thanks for bringing that up Davis, because I, I, I gotta say the amount of people that I see bashing baseball and, and analytics in general, baseball is numbers. Baseball is stats. Since we were little kids. Since we were kids. I would pour over stats in any book that I can find because we didn't have, I didn't have ESPN growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, we just had the newspaper. Uh, we had the local, uh, you know, living in the Bay Area, we had the local uh, uh, TV channels. So I, I, I didn't have any cable at all growing up. I had, I had an antenna on the roof of the house. So if I wanted to watch Giants games, I got KTVU Giants games and giants on KMBR. Um, and, and otherwise I would get magazines, books, anything I can find baseball cards, looking at numbers and then video games, uh, Earl Weaver baseball. Uh, I had this one game on the, on the, um, Apple IIe. I don't even know what it was called. <laughs> and, but you could input stats, mm -hmm. uh, for players and then you could simulate a season. Oh Yeah. And I know was, the game you're talking about. Oh God, it was the greatest thing as a child who who loved baseball and loved numbers. So thanks for saying that, Davis, because that that does kind of bring us all back to people who bash analytics and and everything else. Yeah, you know what? Numbers are part of the game, man, and, and stats are part of the game. There is no other sport that takes stats so seriously than baseball, and and that's why we love it. So, um. The let's see what else you're talking about. So we have some news about some players. Uh, now, I, I, let me preface this by saying I had a conversation with Brad this week and just a text conversation where Brad said, I hope Manea opts in and I hope Conforto opts out. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying I should not play the lottery this week? Is that what you're saying? I, I just I was just like. <laughs> The, uh, they must have heard you. They're like, I guess, man. like this guy. We're, like, I'm going to show gonna, this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Manea opting out. I, I, Baggerly talked about how he the the one of the things with him is uh, his, his ability to keep throwing hard, which has always been mm -hmm. an issue with him. You know, he used a lot of this happens with a lot of pitchers. You start the season, you're throwing, you know, 96, 97. And by the end of the season, you're throwing 92 and you're having to throw a bunch more sliders and spinners yeah. and stuff because you don't have the same velocity. And that's because of a long season and your body's just worn down. And Manet is this big dude. He's like six, four. He's jacked. He looks like he should be, a, <laughs> you know, he looks like he should be a tight end instead of a, a baseball player. Oh, yeah. And he was able to this year. We, we had the funny quote that I continued to bring up when he said, uh, yeah, usually in the off season, uh, I don't really do much. And this year <laughs> I needed to to work because I had a bad year the year before. It's like, yeah, you, he figured it out. Like this is what it takes to be a long professional uh, veteran in, in baseball. So, you know, 
it's I think it's good that he's betting on himself. And what I hope is that it means that he's sort of figured out the recipe to being a successful player. I don't I wonder if the Giants are fully out. I would imagine that they're out uh, because of of whatever he believes the price tag is. I don't even know if the price tag is going to be much more than he's making with the Giants. It just might be a a bunch of years. That's what. That's what I think. And I saw that on Twitter quite a bit yesterday. They said, good luck trying to get $12.5 million somewhere else. I don't think he's going to get $12.5 million a year. But if you get a two-year or a three-year, let's say you get a three-year $33 million deal. 33 is more than 12.5. Yeah. I mean, he can come back with the Giants and pitch for 12.5 and blow his arm out. Yeah. And then, he, and then you get nothing. Yeah. So to secure a three-year 33 guaranteed – that, that even though it's less ABV, it's it's eleven. Um, I don't know. Did I say ABV? That's alcohol. Alcohol by volume. <laughs> yeah. My bad. I meant to say AAV. AAV. <laughs> um, yeah that 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 is like that's the bet, right? Like you're you're yeah. the whole thing about this, unless you are. Now, basketball contracts can be a little different because because these players those I don't understand. Uh, like like LeBron James, he he made it. He, he kind of created this situation where because uh, historically, a lot of these players they especially if you didn't make especially if you weren't if you were uh, came from like a poor family. And you're like, oh, you know, I want to get locked into some stability. I've never had stability, especially when it comes to money. And so you kind of get locked in and the owners would take advantage of that. And LeBron was like, you know what? I'm going to sign for one year. And I am going to determine if you have the chance to re-sign me or not. And so every year, you know, he goes to the Cavs. I'm sorry. He goes to the Miami Heat. And then he comes back to the Cavs and was like, yeah, I'm going to sign a one-year deal. And if you want me back, then, you know, you'll have to sign me to another one-year deal and it'll be higher than the previous one before that. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sign because basically what he learned in his career when he was a younger player is that the Cavaliers were like, oh, we're locked in on this guy. Like we have him for five years or, or whatever yeah. it was. And so when th- there wasn't a- as much of a priority to put a winner around him, like, ah, oh, we're selling tickets. Yeah. He's people are going to come. Yeah. He's the man. And then at some point he was like, I need, I need players. And that was one of the main reasons he left to go to Miami to go play with Dwayne Wade and, and Chris Bosch. And I think he learned at that moment, he's like, I have to put the pressure on management to go out and get players who, who are going to help me win the championship. I cannot rely on them just doing it out of their goodwill. Yeah, I forced that to happen. And so I thought we were seeing a little bit of that in baseball, but in reality, the, the, what, what it was in baseball is you give the player a little bit of control, but the player actually has to take a back step on the contract. And so there was a little bit of a negotiation there. Uh, someone like Shohei, He's going to sign a 10-year deal for $500 million or whatever it is. It would not be smart of him to go, you know what? I'm going to sign for three years, and then I'm going to come back to the market because, like you said, he could blow at his arm and probably wouldn't be worthless because he's still got the, the crazy bat. But in basketball, sure. it's a little bit different because you know, you're, you, you're almost incentivized to move, move on and to find a different market and to find a different team. It's how the – NBA ecosystem stays, uh, you know, it, it keeps the, the the fans stay interested because of the movement, the player movement. Now, the local teams are probably pretty frustrated. Like if you have a, a LeBron James, you're like, oh, he's my favorite. You know, he's on the Cavs. Then he leaves to Miami, you're like burning his jersey. And then he comes back to the Cavs. <laughs> like, oh, I got to go find that jersey that I have. Oh, no, burn a jersey. <laughs> and then... And then he's your favorite again, and then he leaves the Lakers, and you're like, oh, I'm burning this jersey again. Like, yeah. you know, it's just that that's part of it. But in the way that the NBA works with the the fans and and the hardcore crowd, the audience, like, they love the movement. Like, Damian Lillard goes to the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's a story in the NBA for multiple days. And, oh, Giannis and Damian Lillard are going to play together. This is interesting. And then they go out and get blown out in a few games, and people are like, oh, maybe this is not the best thing. But – that's kind of what keeps the 
the sport invigorated. It just baseball contracts are so different. So um, with Conforto, I think we kind of got worked a little bit by Scott Boris here. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder if he was, you know, I'm sure they, I mean, you know, the Giants, the Giants uh, ownership would have had to check him out and make sure that he, especially after the Correa thing, like I'm sure they did their due diligence on his medicals, but he was pretty dinged up last year. And he even said, you know, my defense wasn't there and, you know, maybe yeah. my shoulder wasn't there a hundred percent. So not, you know, I, I'm sure the Giants gave up something. They also got something. They probably got him at a lower price than they would have. But at the end of the day, I'm going, I'm going like, hmm, Boris had something up his sleeve. I'm, I, but that bodes well for this year if maybe we didn't have the 100% Conforto and maybe this year's a little bit closer to the 100% Conforto. Exactly. And <clears throat> so you've got to look at it this way, too. If he has a good season and he really likes playing for Bob Melvin, maybe you get him at a discount for a longer deal, a two-, three-year deal after that, uh, if the Giants can start to build a winner with him on the team. I almost said around it, but you don't build a winner around Michael Conforto. He he is the he is the the building that goes around uh you know like a Shohei uh a, a Cody Bellinger and and whatnot. Um who we'll talk about in a little bit because I it's interesting stuff on him I, I'd like to talk about. Yeah. But you know for sure Conforto uh, you don't play for a full season. You have surgery. You come back. You play 162 games. So, of course, you're going to have a hurt hamstring. You're going to have a hurt shoulder. You're going to. He's already said he didn't quite play the defense that he thought he could play. Um, so, now he's got a full offseason in between playing all last year and then playing this coming season. So, he kind of knows what his body needs at this point. Um I, you know, I, I definitely expect more out of him. 20, 25 home runs, maybe a 270 hitter, um, you know, slugging maybe like 450, 500, somewhere in there on base percentage, like 350. So if you can get him up around an OPS of like 700, 750, is that a win? Probably. But now we have a lot of outfielders. So he opted in. So you've, you, you know, you've got four full-time outfielders in, in Hanniger, Conforto, Slater, uh, and yes. Yaz. So, so, so some moves are probably going to be made, although Slater and Yaz are both arbitration eligible and, and Hanniger is tied to a contract. Um, you can't really move him. I mean, Nobody's got a trade no. Conforto, I mean, can, Conforto's a possibility, though. He's a possibility. You could eat a lot of that deal. Yeah, and, and he's only one year. So you're not yeah. – if, if you – are a team that needs a left-handed bat and you believe that, you know, he's going to have a better year. I could see him being a, a possible asset. And, but also the giants could use him in the jock role that they had last year. Yeah. Do you see it being more of a move that the giants make after spring training or towards the end of spring training when they see what Luis Matos is up to, what Elio Ramos is up to, what Wade Meckler is up to. I mean, do you see it kind of going further into – also, depends too. Cody Bellinger, if the Giants decide to make a move for, for Cody Bellinger and do sign him, now you have to kind of make a move. Yeah. I think Yaz and Slater, if I'm a really good baseball team – and I need depth, those guys would be very attractive to me. Yeah. As starters, they're kind of ho-hum starters. But as fourth outfielders, they're kind of awesome fourth outfielders. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And so, and so I think that is going to be a valuable asset, both of those guys. And, and, and I think, I kind of think the market might be a little bit more attractive sooner than later for these guys because – as you get into spring training, I think you're you're looking at uh, you you've, you maybe have already kind of filled in your roster with those guys who you think are going to be your fourth outfielder types, and so you kind of get locked in on those guys. Uh, but if you can go into spring training and have a Yaz as your fourth outfielder, that's a pretty attractive thing. So I would say, yeah, those guys if they get moved, I I would think you know between now and you know and before spring training would be the optimal time if I was a team, because you kind of want to lock in your guys and you want, yeah. you know, you want, yeah, you, you know, Yaz is attractive because 
he's he's sort of like a baseball lifer and he didn't have the success right away in his career and he sort of stuck with it and he found a home with the giants and he found you know the one or two things that he does really well for a baseball team so he's kind of paved his own little way and the the thing that's you know with slaters he just keeps getting hurt that that could be a a problem for him but i think both players are are pretty darn good players as bench depth it's just the Giants have to start them, and then they're less valuable as starting players because there's more expectation on their offense. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and you say fourth outfielders. These guys have been our starting outfield for the yeah. last couple of years. So yeah. uh, that that tells you the upgrades that are needed. So, so if Conforto can come around and have a good season uh, and you can get a guy like Bellinger, um, yeah. I, I can see a trade. It's not going to be for a frontline starter. It's not going to be for um, you're not going to trade Yaz and end up getting Jonathan India from the Reds unless Yaz is going over there with Luis Matos or, yeah, or, or yeah. somebody else, yeah. you know, and then you get Jonathan India over. Um, I've seen I've seen predicted years for a Cody Bellinger contract anywhere between seven and 12. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but you got to remember too, and this is, so the seven, I saw a lot of people laughing at the seven, but then I started thinking the guy's only 28. Yeah. He's a young dude. And he doesn't turn 29 until middle of July. So he's got a lot of years left in 12 years. I don't think one bounce back year has earned Cody Bellinger a 12 year contract yeah for um you know what's amazing to me about these long contracts is let's say you and i decided to work for a company that was in a different city that we live in right yeah so you're betting that this new environment is going to be the environment that you will want to be in for an extended period of time right so i i always look at bryce harper uh you know philadelphia Bryce Harper decided when he was 20-something years old that the next 10 years of his life was going to be in Philadelphia because no trade clause, like, I'm here. This dude grew up in Las Vegas, right? Like, like I, you know, I'm sure you do your research and sort of figure out the community and maybe you have some family. Like, all that is is... Uh, you know, all that's cool, but it's not like these free agents necessarily have their choice of where, you know, you all, obviously there has to be a need. There has to be a team who's ready. Mm-hmm. So for Cody Bellinger, you know, it grows up uh, and, and plays for the Dodgers and, and he kind of flames out in LA and he, and he finds a home and he has a great year in, in Chicago. Those are two really cool cities. Like if you want to live in those cities. And so now, you know, and, and you, you kind of look at the Korea uh, this is this is a uh, Davis who who's in our chat. Davis currently lives in Minnesota, and uh, and he grew up in the Bay Area, so you know he made the choice to go and, and live out there. But you know you just kind of wonder what, how can you make that decision to basically say I've never lived in this place in my entire life, but I'm just going to dedicate the next ten years of my life to this one area. That's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's kind of, it's how I ended up here in Reno too. We left the Bay area. I'd lived there all my life, 30 years. Uh, things didn't work out after at a job that I was at and, uh, we'd come to Reno once or twice. Um, Denise and I, we decided let's go to Reno. It's kind of a cool place. It's out of the hectic, uh, rat race of the Bay area. So that was her, that open. was her call or her idea. It was both of us. We were kind of kicking around the idea of like, Hey, and she still had a job at the Mercury news. So it was like, she had to leave that job and come find a newspaper job up here. Yeah. Uh, in, in Reno. And we decided, you know what, if we're going to start a family, we hadn't had kids yet. So yeah. we said, if we're going to start a family, we want to do it somewhere a little more open. We love to hike. We love to go camping. We love the outdoors. So we thought this is kind of the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we moved here in January and the day we moved here, I think it was about 62 degrees and we go, Oh, winter's not too bad. <laughs> Three days later, it pounded down <laughs> snow and we're like, Oh, okay. This is winter. <laughs> so, okay. So per Andy Baggerly, he wrote uh, today, the giants have a little more than a hundred million committed to nine players. Conforto stripling, who we already know he, he had mentioned he was opting in. 
after last year talking about how he's on the Phantom DL. Uh, Alex Cobb, they picked up his option. It looks like Alex Cobb's not going to be ready for the beginning of the season. He had hip surgery, uh, the, the issue that he was dealing with all last year. Mitch Hanniger, Wilmer Flores, Anthony DeSclafani, our favorite. Uh, Luke Jackson, Taylor Rogers, Logan Webb. So they are forecasted to spend roughly $28 million if they tender contracts to all six of their arbitration-eligible players, J.D. Davis, Tyro Strada, Lamont Wade, Austin Slater, Mike Estremski, and Tyler Rogers. So wh- what about some of their, uh, I guess their rookies don't count in this number, Some or, or their younger players uh, don't no. count in this number? <laughs> No, I think not because the some of them are uh, just on the minor league deals. Like, what about like Camillo? Yeah, let me look. I have it bookmarked uh, the salaries and contracts on Baseball Reference. I like to look at this every now and then, and it's probably because we played uh, out of the park so much. <laughs> I, I really like this page a lot. Um, <laughs> Doval is pre-arbitration. So this year he made 735000 So he's probably going to make, there's probably going to be a bump in that, there, the minimum. Um, it's probably going to go to like 750, 755, something like that. Um, so that's what he'll make in that. Joey Bart is pre-arb. David VR is pre-arb. Um, so so yeah, how do, how do those good. pre-arb contracts... Uh, how, how do they work in the overall team salary? Because those guys are not guys that Baggerly even mentioned in how the Giants get to 100 million committed. I wonder if he didn't mention them just because they're on the lower end of mm. everything. Because there are one, two. Yeah, I mean, really, just Bowie, Joey Bart, Camilo Duvall, and David VR are at the 735 mark. So. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. All three of those guys are under two years of service. Uh, and everybody else is above two years of service. Tyro is the next lowest at 2.169 years of service. And he made 2.25 million, but he's in arbitration and arbitration year this year. So Baggerly also wrote their future flexibility is wide open because Logan Webb's the only giant under contract past 2025. So we, yeah. we, you know, we last year when we were doing this show, we were like counting down or even when we started the shows, like we're counting down the days of Evan Longoria's <laughs> contract to be expired. Uh, yeah. And you know, now it's uh, they, they can play with money. Like Baggerly also wrote that, you know, if they wanted um, if they wanted to chase Shohei and they wanted to chase Bellinger and they wanted to chase the uh, the Korean player, he, they could literally get all of them if they wanted, based on how mm-hmm. their cap cap I say cap, but it is kind of like a cap now. The way yeah. they're and they have tiers works. of caps too. So I right. think we're talking now about the first tier of the cap, one eighty or something. To get those numbers, they use the AAV, right? Not the ABV. They use the, <laughs> they use the AAV to get to those numbers. Because when you look at Logan Webb's contract, it was um, this year four point six million. Next year eight. Twenty twenty five twelve. Then it goes to twenty three, twenty three, and then twenty four. So I think they take the AAV. Mm-hmm. So in order to decide or 17 or whatever that is. Exactly. Yeah. And when you look at 2025, we're talking about after 2025, Logan Webb is the only one under contract. When you look at 2025, if Mitch Hanniger doesn't take the player option, if Wilmer doesn't he's take, take the he's that option. brother's taking the player up. Yeah, he, he probably will. <laughs> it's worth 15.5. So, and he'll be what 35 years old at that point. So, yeah. Uh, Wilmer Flores will be 34, and he's due uh, a team option of 8.5 and a player option of 3.5. So, if neither of those are taken, and if Luke Jackson's team option isn't picked up, then in 2025, you only have two players under contract, Logan Webb and Taylor Rogers. Uh, everybody else is arbitration, and then you're looking at free agency for all the rest of the guys. So, 
All right. If you were to give, we'll end with this. Yeah. If I, if I was to say, okay, Brad, we know the Giants need big money guys. Yeah, man. We talked about the we talked about the priority last week. Yes or no? The Giants get one of those top three guys that we talked about last week. We're not even counting Otani because Otani's the unicorn. That's the you know if the sun if we wake up and the sun wants to shine on us that day we we will get him but if it doesn't which it more than likely won't we won't but you know we talked about the three other guys do the giants get one of them if the giants get shohei i name my next cat shohei <laughs> just saying that right off the bat my, I, my future grandchild will will have shohei as the middle name excellent i like that i would say yes I think the Giants, I mean, <laughs> we're trying to throw money at everybody last yeah. year. So that so uh, the, the guys we're talking about, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the pitcher, yeah, yeah, the yeah. 25-year-old from Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also talked about Cody Bellinger can play center. He can also play some first base. And then I think we talked about... Um, did we talk about... Lee. We talked about Lee, right? Yeah, we, ta- we talked about... Lee as well, the uh, the the Korean player Jung Hoo Lee, the also center a center fielder. Outfielder. Yeah. Um, I say we get two of them. Actually. Oh wow! I say we get Yamamoto, and I say we get Bellinger. That would be my. I love Shohei, but to spread money around, and I think the Giants are. I mean, you got to make a splash this off season, especially with Bob Melvin. I can see Cody Bellinger coming to play for Bob Melvin. It's going to be tough though. Cause again, if we're seeing seven to 12 year deals, yeah, the giants aren't known for doing that, but, but, but the hitting free agents this year, offensive free agents this year after Cody Bellinger, uh, it kind of drops off, man. I mean, position players of, are rough position players. There aren't a whole lot out there. So if you're going to do it, it's going to be Cody Bellinger. Because you've got Juan Soto next season, possibly. If he gets traded from the Padres to another team, he's got one year left on his deal. Yeah. Then that other team kind of has the the front run you yeah. know, at him. Um, so I say Yamamoto and Bellinger. At least one of those two guys, but but I, I could see those two guys both being signed by the Giants. Because okay. they're desperate. They want to give money right now. What if? They want to put people in the seats. What if Farhan is like, hey... I got three years. Melvin's got three years. We're going Ram style. F them picks. We're going all in. We're just <laughs> oh, throwing the money Lester around. Sneed. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just Ooh. kidding. But I, I do wonder <laughs> if the overcorrection for Farhan is to be less. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know why. I, I can't say for sure why they lost the free agent deals that they did. Right. We, we, we assume judge was just using the giants to as leverage, uh, you know, Korea, that whole thing. We know how that happened. He did have a, a pretty good postseason though. So well, I, I do wonder if there's going to be an overcorrection to be may, maybe less safe in, in some of these deals to get some guys because they know that they need to fill this ballpark up again. So that's kind of what I'm interested in. I don't yeah. imagine. So I think, I think they're probably going to kind of do the same thing that they always do and just hope that, Melvin is going to be enough to to draw some guys, but I wouldn't be surprised. And I know this this is not fun, and and I don't want this to happen. But I I kind of feel like we're going to get like the the second and third level free agents again, and they're going to try and fill them, you know, fill out positions and hope that we get some career years like in twenty twenty one. That that is what I expect, not my hope. I would love yeah. to get you know I want Yamamoto pretty badly. Like, yeah. I'm I'm so uh, about these the, the these uh, international players coming over. I just think it's so cool. So, um, yeah. So we'll we'll end it there. But you know, we'll have a lot to talk about this offseason. By the way, Davis said that he already promised himself that his first child would be named Debo. <laughs> <laughs> Debo Shohei. <laughs> he said maybe Shohei Shohei could be the second one. There you go. Debo hyphen Shohei. Yeah, you know what? It, uh, Crystal, just call him DS. Crystal and I, uh, we have we had one schna- we we got a schnauzer, a mini schnauzer during the pandemic, 
And then we were like, okay, that's it. And then we're like, you know what? This Schnauzer is so good. Like, let's get another one. So we got his actual sister. Is this a yeah. different second litter? And and she's awesome. Like, they're both awesome. And so you kind of get like this, hmm, if you add a third, will it be as awesome as these other puppies? And I think we both agree that it it would not. Yes. But if we did decide to add a third puppy, maybe Shohei would be the name. That that could Yeah, be we 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 kind of we kind of roll that way with the cats too. We've got the two cats, they're sisters, they're good, they're cool. We d- adopted them at the same time from the Humane Society. I'm always like, "Hey man, what if we add a third or a fourth? And it's like, "No, this is really really good right now. They they're pretty chill and they're pretty calm and uh and I can only scoop litter boxes so many times a day, so, you know. Yes. Two, two is plenty. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Uh, we are done here. Thanks to Davis for hanging out with us. Uh, he's, he's like been a third man on this show the last couple of I like times. it, man. I like it. Uh, so we'll be back next week, hopefully with, with some news, maybe news of, uh, of a sneak first place finish of Cy Young for Logan Webb. Yes. Just pulled it out. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Uh, but we'll be back next week. So for Brad, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.